What's up, everyone? We are live at five. It is Tuesday, September 8th, I think. I'm Paul Wontorek. I'm Beth Stevens. And we're joined, as always, by Caitlin Moynihan. Hello. It's September 8th. It's, it's a new month. Um, we, we took a little hiatus. Broadway is unfortunately still shut down, but we are back and we're back to give you news and amazing yep. guests. And today we have some Emmy nominees. Who's here today? Oh, the very talented Miser and Moore, Curtis Moore, Thomas Miser are here from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You know, Ooh. I love Miser and Moore. Miser and Moore. Just Miser like, and Moore. Get, get me Miser and Moore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I love that. Very powerful. Uh, we're going to find out all about their amazing journey to an Emmy nomination. And th- don't worry. They're, they're, they're big Broadway people. Not, they're not just fancy Hollywood people. They're Broadway people. <laughs> uh, but first, let's do some news. Okay, we saw this coming. We knew this was going to happen, but now we have dates for the musical version of Back to the Future, which tried out earlier this year in pre-COVID times. Uh, that's Ollie Dobson as Marty McFly over there, and Tony winner Roger Bart as Doc Brown. I don't think that's his real hair. Um, we knew this was happening. It tried out at the Manchester Opera House very early in the year. Now it is coming to the West End in London on May 14th, 2021. So in the spring, we will go back to the future at London's Adelphi Theater. The Manchester uh, cast is going to go to the West End, led by those two, Ollie Dobson and Roger Bart. There you go. And, of course, it's based on Robert Zemeckis' 1985 hit movie, and it features music and lyrics by Alan Silvestri, who is an Emmy and a Grammy winner, and he scored many of Robert Zemeckis' movies, and Grammy winner Glenn Ballard. Something... A reason to go to London, I think, in the spring. Yeah. So other big news that came out is, you know, they're making a movie of Dear Evan Hansen, and they kind of were slowly leaking out the cast, and then all of a sudden it all just sort of, like, got thrown out. But the big <laughs> news uh, the big news is that Mr. Ben Platt is playing Evan Hansen once again, and that on the left is Julianne Moore, who is an Oscar winner, everybody, playing Mom. Heidi Hansen, so big, so small. Um, And that on the right is Danny Pino, Pino, who's playing Larry. So, and he was, by the way, so good. I love this. They made this movie. They made this. I love Lucy and Desi. And they made a TV movie. And Rachel York, Broadway's Rachel York played Lucy. And he was Desi. And he was great in that. Anyway, uh, yeah. But also, we announced Amy Adams, who, of course, is another fantastic uh, theater. And um, she remember she was in Into the Woods in the park, Beth. You yes, she was. She was fantastic. And Catherine Dever from uh, Booksmart. You may know her from Booksmart. She's playing Zoe. Uh, Colton Ryan, Broadway's Colton Ryan. Uh, oh, oh, we have all the photos. I love this. Okay. Yeah. Nick Dodon- Nick- Colton Ryan is playing Connor. Nick Dodani is playing Jared. And Amanda Steinberg is Alana. Now, apparently, they may have started filming, Caitlin said. I, th- I think like a photo came out. I don't know. Um, and also, uh, Demarius Copes is playing a new character named Oliver, a friend of Zoe. So we got a new friend. You know what? <laughs> I was worried about her. I'm glad she got a new friend. So it's all happening, you guys. And apparently it's starting. So we might see this in, I don't know, a year and a oh. half. Let's say yeah. a year and a half. Okay. Let's say Christmas 2021. Let's aim for that, guys. Aim for that. 
Sounds good. Know. Sounds good. Whatever. Okay, well, we have a new Broadway concert coming on September 20th. One night only. This is a benefit. It's called Broadway Treats, a canine and kitty rescue production. So I know you're all about this, Paul, because you love your furry friends. And this benefits sure. Animal Lighthouse Rescue. Listen to the lineup. Eva Noblesada, James Monroe Iglehart, Mayor Winningham, Ashley Parks, Celia Pfeiffer, Ryan Vasquez, Colton Ryan, yet again. Here he is again. Austin's got many more. September 20th, there he is, Austin Scott. Uh, and this is uh, for all the cats and dogs out there, right? It's really fantastic. So check it out, September 20th. And if you're looking for more fantastic entertainment from the comfort of home, uh, tonight from the London Coliseum, I almost said Palladium, but it's the London Coliseum, <laughs> is a streamable concert series, and it will feature Sharon D. Clark, who is set to be... Uh, in Carolina Change right now on Broadway. The, she's doing the first concert on September 18th. Carrie Hope Fletcher is doing September 25th. Cassidy Jansen, October 2nd. These are big West End names. Carrie mm-hmm. Ellis, October 9th. And Sharon Sexton and Rob Fowler on October 16th. And Ramin Karamloo will be there on October 23rd. It's 15 pounds. And the, the ticket price will benefit the English National Opera Contingency Fund. So that's great too. Hey Beth, it's a new yeah. month. Are we still doing that? Uh, you know, we're teaching people, right? We want to teach people. So we're schooling a, the people. Yes. Are we? Are we doing something called today in Broadway? We are. We're doing something. Okay. Teach me Beth. this. I'm going to teach you because this is this is an oddity. We always love to talk about flops, and a very famous flop. Opened on this day in 1953. So in 1953, on September 8th, Carnival in Flanders opened. There it is. Starring Dolores Gray, as you can see, and John Raitt and Roy Roberts. It opened at the New Century Theater, which was on 9th Avenue and 58th Street. It's like an they don't, they, don't, they don't bring this show back very often. This is, this is definitely no. a rarity. No. So listen to this. It opened on Tuesday. It closed on Saturday. Six performances. <laughs> okay. Six performances. So why are we talking about it? Well, Dolores Gray won a Tony Award for Best Best Actress in a Musical. There she is. Audrey Hepburn was, won that day for Undine. And that's uh, Joe Van Fleet, who won for Trip to Bountiful in a featured role. So there is Dolores Gray with her Tony Award in 1954. So By wait, way, enough, enough Tony voters saw it. To, to Okay, cool. I mean, the Tonys were young. Don't get married to Tony rules. You never know. Okay, cool. So anyway... But this is a really interesting show. It, um, it, it was written it, it was written by many people, but Preston Sturgis, who's known for his Hollywood screwball comedies, there he is, he took over the book and wrote, rewrote the book and directed it. And it features uh, a score by, I'm going to get this correct, Johnny Burke and Jimmy Van Housen. And it gave us a song called Here's That Rainy Day, which became a standard because Frank Sinatra made it famous. Now King Cole covered it. Barbara Streisand covered it. Basically, everybody has covered it. Mel Torme, Tony Bennett, you name a crooner, they covered this song. So it had a famous song and it had a Tony winner out of its six performances on Broadway. So it's an interesting plot that opened on this day in 1953. Thought you should know about it. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for teaching me. I'm going to go look up the cast album and I'm going to find the vinyl next time I'm at a flea market. Hey, Caitlin. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Oh, I'm uh, great. You're great. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. You learned a lot. 
Um, okay, so it's time to. I think we lost one of our guests. Am I right? Is there okay? We, I thought you were gonna say okay. Gary Moore or more. No, well, we're we're gonna we're gonna kick this off. Uh, and actually, yeah. before you um, introduce Miser and more, or or mm-hmm. Miser and then more. Uh, <laughs> Fingers crossed, he comes back. I want to remind everybody. I know that all of you who are currently on screen. Like me, love the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is like, I remember when I first saw the pilot of this show, I was immediately obsessed with it. Love it so much. Uh, and and these guys were a big part of season three because there's a character called Shy Baldwin. Uh, and he got to sing some great songs and they wrote the songs and now they got an Emmy nomination for it. So uh, as we, as we, before we go to the introduction, can we remind everybody how amazing the song One Less Angel is, which is Emmy nominated. Let's play a little clip. Your eyes shine, and your life is all I can see. I mean, that song just like gets in your head. It's very super addictive. It's so and that's, and that's, by the way, Broadway's Darius DeHaas singing that, uh, who we love, and that's mm-hmm. Leroy McLean with the moves and all the other stuff. Uh, but yeah, Caitlin, why don't you tell everyone about today's guest? Gladly. Yes, you guys, well, welcome back to Live at Five Home Edition. You guys are watching us live right here on Facebook and YouTube. We took a little intermission, but we're back, and we are back, as as you guys know, with Miser and More. This is an epic songwriting duo, and they have been Emmy-nominated for the song One Less Angel that you guys just got a little clip of from the Marvelous This is my season three. So make sure you guys can follow them on social at uh, Miser and More. They have an epic like dual Instagram and Twitter account because they're always together. So make sure you follow them there. You guys can drop all of your comments in the questions below and please welcome Tom while we hope Curtis <laughs> joins us soon. Hi. Hi Tom. I feel like I'm through the limb. Where's, where's more? <laughs> yeah, you, you you finally pushed more out of the picture. Got I him out of there. Him. Uh, Caitlin will will try to get in touch with him, and hopefully he'll pop back in because you know it's the internet nowadays is what happens. He was here. Uh, how are you? How are how you doing? This is a, a a weird time, and you're Emmy nominated, and there's no ceremony, and there's no tuxedo, but this is exciting. Exactly. I'm, we're actually going to have a Zoom red carpet with our family and friends. We're telling everyone to find their prom dresses and. That's just what we're going to have to do this year. Yeah. Well, tell me, what is I actually don't know. So it's all online, obviously, on Sunday the 20th, um, a week from Sunday. Uh, so you're just sitting home waiting to see, like, they're just going to go through the category, and then you're going to find out, and then you're just going to... That's sort of the idea. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're part of the, the technical Emmys, which... Uh, are earlier in the week and they've right. split it over okay. five nights with sort of like uh, I oh. Sherman Palladino calls it uh, self-esteem Hanukkah because there's a different sort of every night and uh, we're you know it's pre-taped we actually we pre-taped an acceptance speech okay and, um, got it wow to, that, okay that's interesting okay everyone had to every nominee had to give them a speech and they'll drop in whoever wins so. that's so crazy that's so that's so nuts 
I know I'm sure you guys probably I, I, just from the little bit I know about you, I'm sure you maybe thought like you'd end up at the uh, Tonys before the Emmys or, you know, the OBs or the drama desk or, you know, all these other possible more theater centric because you really do come from the theater world. Absolutely. So, so talk a little bit about how your path led to Maisel. It's actually because of theater. Uh, we had been working for a long time in theater, and one of our shows was seen by uh, Broadway producer uh, Scott Sanders, uh-huh. who put us on a blind date with Amy Sherman Palladino, the creator of Maisel, to write a musical for Broadway. Uh, we started working on it. We hit it off. And then she told us, you know, I have to work on this little Amazon show. No one's going to watch it. It'll be done in six months, and we'll get back to writing the musical. Well, that, that was that was Maisel, and wow. that's taken up a lot of her time. So uh, we've kept in touch, and because of the turn the season took uh, this year, for the third season with Shy Baldwin's character, she said, do you guys think you could come write some songs for me? And wow. you know, it took us about a half second to say yes. So is the musical still possible? I think Curtis is here. Let's bring Curtis uh, up. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> jeez. Can I never have a moment without you? God. I know, right? Anyway, no. My, you guys, my power went out here. Hilarious. So sorry. What? About that. Really? Yeah, of course. Just like the, the, right when we were about to start. I was like, whoa. Anyway. Well, hi. Welcome back. So um, I, I, I found out that you two were actually talking about writing a, a musical with Amy Pall- uh, Sherman Palladino, who has a lot, she has obviously has, a, she always has a lot of ties in the theater world. It's not just Sutton Foster, but the Sutton Foster is obviously another, another great, great link for her. And Sutton has sang on Mrs. Maisel as well, I believe. So yes. there've been a lot of sort of theater talents involved with the show. Um, but is that musical still possibly happening or? I mean, you know, I don't know what Tom told you, but when, when we, we started working on it about, you know, three years ago and Amy said to us, she's like, listen, I, I did in, just say this. I did great. Just so you've heard it. all right. that. So we're just waiting. We're waiting to see when she has time to, to jump back into it with us. And we've been, you know, we worked on it earlier this year um, and uh, for a bit. So we're still trudging, trudging along, but it's, you know, it's the opposite of how we did Maisel. It's going to take us like, you know, seven years to write it. <laughs> right, right. So let's talk about Shy Baldwin. Uh, great character, um, a great sort of storyline through through the season. I was real. I, I really have a lot of issues though with Mrs. Maisel with the final episode. We have to talk about next because I didn't like. She did something I don't like uh, a- involving her friend Shy Baldwin. Yeah. Um, but this character, he she goes on the road with him. That's sort of like a, a big sort of storyline, and and so. There's a lot of opportunity for him to perform. Um, is it supposed to be based on Johnny Mathis? People say that character. Like, who was your maybe your musical inspiration? Because obviously, you're tapping into a very specific sound here. The interesting thing is that Amy came to us initially with two inspirations, which were Johnny Mathis and Sam Cooke, which mm. are really opposite. So, right. so that actually gave us a lot of room to kind of create our own world for him. Yeah, we kind of could live live anywhere in that that enormously broad spectrum of of uh, inspiration, and there is so much to listen to, and that's kind of exactly what Tom and I did. You know, we sort of jumped right in to listening to a ton of music. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of that stuff is in our in our past because our parents, you know, we grew up listening to those songs because those are what our parents listened to, and 
Tom's actually from Detroit, so I think it's kind of like definitely in its DNA. And uh, and it was it was kind of really fun to sort of dive into that world and, and uh, have have fun with that music. Mm-hmm. Now, One Less Angel is now officially the hit single, now that it's Emmy-nominated. But you wrote a bunch of songs, actually wrote like a, a handful. I know also, uh, what's that? Oh, No One Has to Know is Beautiful. That's on the soundtrack. You can hear it on uh, season three soundtrack, by the way, yes. guys. Um, and again, like I said, Darius the Haas, Broadway's Darius the Haas does the vocals. How did you guys know Darius? Did you, how did you sort of match up with him? Yeah, we we know Darius from from way way back in the day. Um, I worked with him on the album of uh, 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 Bubbly Black Girl Sheds Her Chameleon Skin, which ah, I was yes. so lucky to produce way way back in the day. And and we just know Tom and I have you know gone in the same circles for a long time. And he's just the most wonderful, collaborative, talented, sweet, giving person you possibly could work with. He's so fantastic. But he yeah. had been cast to sing the voice uh, at the end of the second season. So he was already attached. So it was just a lovely surprise to walk in. And oh, wow. Curious. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. So I know that um, it's, it's interesting that you said that you met with Amy so many years ago. And I know that you've had... Uh, you guys have won awards named after famous people like Fred Ebb and Jonathan Larson. You won those awards, those fancy awards. Uh, and you've been um, commissioned by a lot of different theater companies and producers. And you've been writing. And it, I don't know if people really understand. And anyone who has questions for uh, rising songwriters like this, please put them in the comments section. But, you know, building a musical theater career it's, there's a lot of like, it, there's a lot of like back work. And, and it's, it's just interesting that you um, have really been at it. And you also had a, a musical about the, um, the fire, the shirt, the shirt. What's my, the my triangle. yeah, right. The triangle shirt. Yeah. The shirt factory fire, which is a sort of um, an amazing New York history story. People should look up. Um, isn't it, isn't the triangle uh, fire also in rags? Isn't it mentioned in rags? It is, it right? It is mentioned yeah. briefly yeah. in rags. Yeah. Okay, I, th- I thought so. But you guys, uh, you had a very successful musical you did on the West Coast um, that was sort of, and it sounds like it was time jumping, right? It was like modern and... Yeah, it's, it actually tells two stories set in that building, one current and one during yeah. that time, and it sort of yeah. flows back and forth between the two. Cool. That's awesome. So so you've been doing a lot of different things. Time travel uh, shows. Yeah, well, I, I like that. I'm into that. Uh, how did you meet? I want to hear like what, what what's the? I mean, obviously your names are meant to be together as a team, but how did it? How did you actually? We planned meet? it that way. <laughs> I figured we actually met. Uh, we met in college. Uh, we both were studying at uh, Northwestern in Chicago, and uh, Tom was English and theater, and I was electrical engineering and music, um, and we were paired up. Uh, they do because a, of your names, big, exactly. Um, they do. Um, they do sorry. a big show every year, a student-written show called the Wamu Show, and uh, it's basically like Spangles and shiny objects and the budget of Rhode Island thrown at student songs, and it's the most amazing sort of show. Like, like Anne Margaret was in it, and Tony Roberts, and all this stuff, wow. and we got thrown together uh, to write some songs for it, yeah. and actually had our uh, sort of our mentor, Larry Grossman, who's a uh-huh. Broadway composer. Uh, yeah. He's Northwestern. He came and heard heard our stuff and said, you guys might want to do this. And so we blame him. Exactly. Wow. And so we met so, We met there doing that. And we've really stayed working together 
ever since. I mean, you know, we it wasn't you know we've done many other things in in the in the meantime, uh, but we've always been working together and sort of pursuing uh, the goals of writing songs and writing shows, and that's been a real it's been a real gift and a real joy to have someone that I've known for so long that I can sort of trust inherently both on a level as well. And I think, I think we get along really well and, um, and me and writing and, uh, and I just think he's like the smartest person. So it's, it's kind of, I, you know, I, I couldn't be more happy to have someone like, like Tom to be working with, cause it's just not something you, you're, you're always, um, able to get. And so I think one of the things that's helped us really, uh, hone our craft is that we can sort of, help each other along the way doing various things that we do. Do Gosh, you, bro. have you been writing at all over, have you seen each other in the same room, by the way, for the last six months? Have you been in the same, the same air? No. This is it. No. This is it. I know. And the joke, is, been... the joke is, Go ahead. Listen, the joke is, of course, that we've been, um, it's kind of, we, I, I'll finish his joke because I we finish each other. I know I know exactly what he's going to say. I live in California now. I live in LA, and he lives okay. in New York. But I lived in New York for twenty years, and uh, we used to Zoom work, FaceTime work when I we just couldn't be bothered to cross under the East River. So we still just or, work via FaceTime. Gonna... We sort of have been training all this time to kind of do that. So you've always been used to being separated, basically. Exactly. Is what you're okay. <laughs> it's really best. I'm, see, now he said such nice things about me. I can't say anything. I can't make a joke about him after what he just said about me. That's terrible. <laughs> He's so nice. I feel like I should record this and keep this forever. <laughs> it will be. It will. It will exist forever. You, you, you've done that. Oh, we're getting a spinning circle for him. Uh, hopefully, he'll, he'll pop back in. Um, Tom, you also are like uh, advertising. Guy too like a copywriter right like yeah that was my day job i still do a little bit of freelance copy but i worked for comedy central as their uh advertising copy so when you walk through the subways and saw their ads that was often my line at the top which is very similar awesome. to lyric writing there are a lot of people in um that business who end up i know that uh rick ellis i think did it uh-huh. uh, yeah yeah and, yeah uh, there's another uh theater music theater writer that was a copywriter wow that's so cool so you guys, it looks like you have a lot of different projects that you've started or are sort of midway. Are you working on multiple? I'm going to bring him back in. Hi. Hey, surprise. <laughs> Tom, is really good at, Tom is really good at finishing your sentences. So this totally works. It's actually like a fun game. It's like an improv game. I love it. It is. He's quite, he will, he will bring it. I trust inherently whatever he said was exactly what I was going to say. Do you guys think that I'm not like suggesting that this is happening, but do you guys think that you could, uh, do you think there could be a Maisel Broadway musical? I mean, you just declared it. So it must be so. And do you want to write it? Are you going to write it? Is that what's going to happen? Love it. Would love cool. it. Right, I mean, cool. it already feels like a musical, doesn't it? I mean, even before we did original songs this year, it, it has such a music musical energy to it and the way they yeah. drop those songs in it just, it wants to sing. It's always wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. And a very yeah, theater I mean, friendly, theater friendly cast too. It is, and I think, um, I think you know, Amy and Dan. They're so music oriented. They're really, they're really specific about that. And it's it's a joy to be doing something. You know, sometimes when you work in a different realm than what we're used to working. You know, in theater, we everybody has to do everything. You know, we're we're writing this, this music and lyrics and songs and story. But it, you know, half the time we're also you know 
painting the set or moving a chair around or whatever. And I think in, and it's not the case when you get to the TV world, everybody's has, there's a lot more resources there and it's a much bigger kind of thing. But what's great about working on Maisel is how much they all appreciate the cross-pollination of creativity. So, you know, it wasn't like we got, we just wrote the songs and left. Like we were there from the whole process. We got to do the orchestrations and we got to conduct and we got to talk about, you know, performance. And then we were on set and, you know, not only that, but across the board musically, Amy and Dan are so specific about how they want music to work. It's it's just, and that's just music. I mean, you, you could say that about costumes and sets and, and design and casting and, and of course the writing. So it's just such a real joy to be on such a collaborative set. And it feels very theatrical. I think that's that's what we all mm-hmm. love about working at theater is, is collaboration. And so having that, having that uh, open space on Maisel was just a dream come true because we had a lot more to, you know, normally it's a, tambourine and a kazoo they're like go you know in theater right but there they're like how many strings do you want i'm like how many strings can we get <laughs> you know so it was it was really it was, it was wonderful so you are are in a category filled with crazy talents for the emmys uh what's the category called is it original new song or what is it is that actually it's what original it is? music and lyrics is what original music it. and lyrics okay so that to be a song <laughs> anyway okay. I don't, every every award ceremony has its own its own way of describing categories uh but yeah you you're in there with i know like ingrid michelson who's been on the show here before and she's broadway bound right she's writing a musical, she is so. and she's so awesome yeah she's she's great uh and like oh, trent trent, trent rasner right Sorry, I just got I got an Ingrid Michaelson kick. It's all good. I, 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 that happens to me sometimes too. But it's so interesting to see like the blend of shows because like these are literally the shows represented besides Maisel. Euphoria, Little Fires Everywhere, The Black Godfather, This Is Us, Watchmen, and Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I mean, it's like it's like such a weird like combo. So have you like staked out all the other songs and like gone through it all and looked at the competition? There's definitely been some, you know, checking out the Vegas odds to see where we fall. You have to do it. Um, but it's such a, it's such an eclectic group that yeah, we can't, you can't think about whether you're going to win or lose. Cause if someone wants to vote for a song called F you Bob, then that's what they're going to vote. That's what they want. They're not going to vote for us if they want that song. So it's kind of what they want this year. Who knows? Right. It's really great to be, to be in that kind of, kind of group because those are people that we really respect and it's 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 like seeing it's getting to be in a room with uh, we're fans of everyone on various levels but we're all fans i mean i feel i feel you know so honored and uh, you know to be in that group and they are they're all so nice we've done you know we've done enough of these little events that it's just been really great to get to know them and and see everybody as humans and and that's that's really really great i, I only wish that you know we are in a world where uh, right now that we weren't quarantined because it would be nice to see these people in person, but I've mostly just seen them on, on screen, but they've been nothing but great. And, you know, all of those songs are fantastic. Awesome. Does your power go out when you're like talking to Trent Rosner? No, no. <laughs> I think that's what happens. Ingrid Michaels. <laughs> he made it happen. Uh, let's bring in Caitlin. Speaking of the fans, let's take a few fan questions before we let you guys go. Uh, I I feel like it should have one more. Okay, we have a lot of questions. So both Chris and Chandler want to know if you have a dream person you want to write for or um, anybody that you are like, what's next on your list of wanting stuff to do? Curtis, I know who your dream is. 
I mean, I, I'm not embarrassed to say that I just need to write for Barry Manilow. I love him, and he, I have I've had a secret talent crush on him since I was a kid. So, and I know he's watching right now. So, Barry, please, we are sure, ready. Yes. I'm, you know, we're we'll write you the tunes. We'll write the songs and make the the next world sing. Um, that's that's one person. And I think Amazing. Tom. I think I know who Tom's gonna say. Tom. Oh, I don't know who, who I'm gonna say. Who would I say, Curtis? <laughs> oh, I think there's like 18 people. I mean, listen, yeah. there's so all the people. I would love to. I, would, I think. Um, go. I wanna. I wanna like. I wanna bring Ariana Grande back to music theater. I want her sure. to sing some. Please. Like, let's get her to sing some some more music theater oriented. Stuff. Now, what could Barry Manilow and Ariana Grande do together? Together. <laughs> you just made my head explode. That's my dream come true. Can we make that happen? <laughs> They could be you can. I mean, You're Ms. Emmy, nominee. Emmy nominees. <laughs> they could be Mrs. Maisel and her dad. I'm just <laughs> the Broadway show. I wow. Think wow, you really opened that show on. up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm in. I'm in. Actually, she would be great as Mrs. Maisel. <gasps> Ariana Grande in Mrs. Maisel the musical. <laughs> can we make that happen? I'm in. Yeah. I'm, I'm, who do I'm I ven- who it. do I Venmo? She would look good in the dress. <laughs> Right? That's amazing. <laughs> Somebody oh, text okay. her and let her know she's in. Let me just call her real quick. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, kind of similar to what you just said, Marie wants to know what is your favorite thing about like writing for the world of Mrs. Maisel? Like being able to be in that time of like in that era. What's your favorite thing about writing for that? Wait, I have a quick question. When you were on set, did you get to be in period costumes? <laughs> we we only were in period costumes. Yeah. Tom demanded. Yeah, full on. I mean, I basically already look like a fifties like nerd. I look like like you don't have to do much. Look at this. This is basically a NASA employee from like. It's it's. You know, the, I'm the one sitting in the background of the right stuff. This is this is yes. Ooh, totally. the right stuff, the I could stuff. see that. Yeah, so it, it doesn't take much to make me look like that. That was my entire <laughs> acting career, basically. 1950s conservative boys. That's what I played. But what, but what was the question? What was the question? Oh, yeah, was, I don't even remember. I interrupted. Yeah, I'm was, sorry. What, what what is you know how, how do we how do we work in the authentic world and what, how do we get into that? What do we like most about yes. that? Thank you yes. for paying attention. Thank there you. are so many. So many, many things. One, one is that, you know, I think having having any kind of box is always really lovely to work in. You know, having, you know, someone say in this world and specifically in that time frame, uh, it's a really great transition period. You know, we're moving into the 60s and to the real Motown world, leaving sort of the 50s rock and roll-ish kind of thing. And you're watching all these influences change. And I think it was really fun for us to kind of play in that in that sandbox. Also, what worked really well for us is this: the songs back then were really short, and to the and they just got to the hook really fast. And that's kind of one of the mm-hmm. things we we really got to do. And it just worked to our advantage to be doing that for TV because, you know, we don't know how long the song is going to be on on screen. And and uh, you know, in fact, we had no idea that they would put all of the song uh, mm-hmm. on screen. You know, in our case, we thought we would get like fifteen seconds, and then they'd cut away. But in that case, that's why we wrote the songs so succinctly so that they would sort of be, I mean, each of the songs, I think it, 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 between, you know, two minutes and maybe two minutes and 30 seconds. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of fun. Tom, what would you, would... I, I think the other thing is that, that, that Amy and Dan trusted music to tell story, especially mm-hmm. with a song like no one has to know that's the climax of Shy's story in a way. Yeah. And they let like a musical, they let it be his 11 o'clock number. So 
that was a joy to be able to write a song that both had to be that thread, that needle of being a hit song from the era, but also tell his truth, which mm. was, a, was a really special moment. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Okay. I think we have time for one more question. And I love this one because the name Lee Pugsley wants to know when you, when you guys, uh, if you guys ever faced discouragement in your careers, what gave you strength to keep moving forward during that time? Um, you know, theater is, is not for the, any arts in general, not for the faint of heart, as we all know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, you, uh, you have to stick with it to get to get anywhere. And, you know, there is a mm -hmm. point where in New York, you know, everybody is talented because at a certain point, everybody you work with is talented because anyone that isn't has already left. You know what I mean? So you're just surrounded by incredibly talented people. And I think um, one of the things to me that was was a real enlightening moment is that you spend so much time sometimes moving up in the world, trying to move yourself work to work with people that are you know, way up and doing something beyond where you are. And, and it's so struggling sometimes to see that. It's very discouraging to be like, how do I get there when I'm here? But I think when I realize, and Tom and I talk about this, that our peers are doing the same thing. And then you just sort of try to work with your peers because you're all moving at your stage. And you realize that rather than shooting for that, just collaborate as much as you can with the people that are doing the same level stuff you are. And you're all going to get there. It's Or you're all going to move at the same time. And I think that's been kind of a real a real eye opener. It took me a long time to sort of be like, I just need to hang out with my friends that I love and, and collaborate with people that are doing art that is great. Yeah. And, let, and let the... Eyes on your own mat. Exactly. That's a great you way to put it. You, the only way you can... Tom, Tom will digest and, and submit <laughs> anything I say succinct into three words. But it's true because we've hit that discouragement. We've, we've had, you know, what everyone's dealing with right now, which is that, you know, we've had our shows that were on calendars for theaters coming up this year, canceled, you know, production. Yeah. And we don't know where that next theater show is going to be, but if we all, you know, hang together and support each other, I think we're going to make it through this. Call your senators, get that, you know, get that, that support for, for artists right now. Yeah. And that's We're important. Absolutely. Not us. Beautiful. The global we. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are. Well, it's so nice to meet Miser and Moore. I mean, talk about names that just belong on a trophy together, right? Miser oh, yeah. and Moore. I mean, it's just so good. There should be merch. That's what do you merch. think? You buy I'm some Miser and Moore merch. that says Miser and Moore. Yeah. We're on it. That's my takeaway. It's a lot not of since, not since not since Bialystock and Bloom has the two yes. names sounded so good together. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Just for you, Kurt, we should have Miser and Moore and Manilo. Oh, and man. <laughs> yes, please, yes. I'm surprised Very, your internet didn't just explode and you I, collapsed right there. That should have been how it ended. Man, oh. yeah. Someone can well, internet can easily make that. Uh, thank you, both of you. Uh, best of luck. So wait, what night are they actually doing your category? You're saying it's not the 20th. It's before Our category is on the 17th. Now, I know that the big night on the 20th is live, and there'll be lots of live stuff, so you should definitely it, watch right. that. We right, right, right. We're on the 17th. But you've already That's accepted perfect. on video. <laughs> yeah, you know what, you guys? Can you release your acceptance speech no matter what? No matter happens? what. We want to see it. It's, a, it's, it's really good. cute. It's really <laughs> cute. We had fun. We had fun. We've all learned how to use uh, Adobe Premiere and Final Cut Pro while in quarantine. So <laughs> watch out. 
<laughs> Thank you, guys. Amazing. I hope to see you in person one day soon. Hey, Caitlin. Us too. Thanks so much on. for having us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Bye, Caitlin, guys. why don't you take us out? Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for our fun episode of Live at Five Home Edition. You can follow along where we get your podcast by searching for hashtag Live at Five and hitting that subscribe button. Be sure to tune in tomorrow when we talk to Alan Filderman, who is the director of the open air outdoor Godspell that is happening upstate. We're so excited to talk to him all about that. And taking us out today is Tony winner Dolores Gray singing Here's That Rainy Day from Carnival in Flanders on the Merv Griffin Show in 1977. You're welcome in advance. That worn out wish It brought my lover That rain.